0: The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company, because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org.
1: Look, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is simply that I'm passionate about telling men that they no longer have to pretend. They can give it all up to Jesus, and they can live the life that Jesus wants for them.
0: He's known as an actor, but his real passion is calling men to a deeper connection with God. Coming up on First Person, you'll meet Robert Amaya. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. You may have seen Robert in films, but that's only one aspect of this man's life, and we'll get to know him better in just a moment. These first-person interviews are archived online and can be listened to on demand. Or use our first-person app to download any interview for listening at your convenience. Look for our free app for either Apple or Android devices. And just before we meet our guest, a word of thanks to the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting this program. FEBC is an exciting broadcast ministry reaching millions every day in countries like China, Russia, Korea, Cambodia, and many others. To learn more, visit febc.org. Robert Amaya is a dedicated family man with a love for films and musicals. Many people know him from his portrayal as Javier in the movie Courageous. But there's another dimension to Robert which we'll explore in our conversation, which took place via the Internet. I started by asking him to bring us up to date on his life and ministry.
1: Oh, my goodness, Wayne. It has been quite uh, the exciting few years here, actually. The last film that made it into a theatrical release was The Champion, which is this wonderful, great film, which by the way, if no one's seen it, I recommend it highly. Um, just a great, great film. And you'll see some actors that currently today you might find an overcomer and what have you. So some great, great casting uh, done for that movie. But since then, you know, my daughter, I have a little girl. She's now three turning four. Uh, she has been just an absolute joy in all of our lives. But, um, I decided to take a little bit of time off here so that I would be able to just be a family guy, be a husband and a dad and spend some time doing that um, just to experience some joy and be able to pour into my family in, in, a, in a way that I think God really wanted me to. And so I've been doing that for the last, uh, well, I guess almost four years now. Huh. And I've been feeling the tug, of course, to be able to jump back into uh, into motion picture and into... Um, other kind of ministry work as well. Uh, my time off has been well spent. I'm, I've been studying very hard and, and actually getting myself prepared to be able to see where God leads. Okay.
0: By the way, wasn't being a family man sort of the theme of Courageous when you were
1: an actor in that movie? Well, you see, that's the thing, right? I mean, if I'm going to make a movie about being a good dad, I mean, <laughs> I have to at least try to do one, right? Now, you know, actually, that film really influenced me to make that decision. It was a good time for my family, for me to step out for a little while and just focus on them and love on them for a while. And it's been I mean, what I am reaping now, what we're all reaping. It was just worth it. Yeah, It was absolutely worth it. Yeah.
0: Well, I know you had a lot of experience before uh, you came to our attention in the movie Courageous. But does it bother you to the people still refer to you as Javier?
1: You know what? I still respond to Javier particularly Snake King which is of course everyone's favorite. It's
0: <laughs> one of the um, one of the most uh, incredible moments in movie history I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, well you, you in the back seat of that car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally honored that I could have been a part of that. I when I did Mom's night out a few years back.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I remember I sat down uh, with uh, my buddy Sean Aston. who was yeah. also my co-star in yeah. the movie. I was on set and, for that.
0: Uh, I remember that.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was a great time. Absolutely great time. And by the way Sean Aston He's just such a great guy down to earth. If you ever sit down and talk with him, mm-hmm. he's like talking to a buddy you've known for a long time. <laughs> but in talking with him, you know, he said, I was having this conversation with him and I said, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to live down the snake king thing. And he looked at me and he said, why would you want to? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looked at me and he said, listen, I've done hundreds of movies. But what am I known for? I am Goonies, right? I am Rudy. I am Frodo's best friend, Sam Wise. These are the pillars of my career. And you know what? It brings joy to people and it brings smiles. Hmm. And I guess I have the added privilege that uh, Snake King, Javier, all these roles Um, I have the privilege of seeing what God gets to do in the midst of all that.
0: Well, I know there have been movies since then, and there is a new thing in your life that we're going to talk about. We're going to break the news here in a few minutes, but I'm going to hold off on that for just now and uh, talk to you about some other things. Um, uh, Tell me about your wife, Colleen.
1: Colleen is amazing. I mean, she is my partner in all things gospel and just Christ-centered stuff. Colleen is my high school sweetheart. And uh, we got married. Actually, we dated for almost 10 years. Whoa. Right? Almost 10 years because we were high school sweethearts. Okay. And, you know, we tried to be responsible and get through college and what have you. But um, once it was about nine and a half years, and once she graduated, it was like, that's it, we're moving forward. <laughs> um, so we married and we have two beautiful little girls. I have a 10 year old named Sophia who has now. Earned herself a couple national dance championships.
0: Okay, so there's a little uh, bit of mom and dad in her, huh? Uh,
1: you know, I, I like to give more credit to mom actually in that <laughs> department. Although, although I can give a good salsa move, Wayne. <laughs> you know, my my wife is really the dancer here. But um, but yeah, so she's been great. And then my little tiny one, Angelina, is just a joy to be around. She mm. she is such a character already. I have a feeling that she'll be walking in uh, Daddy's footsteps.
0: Mm. Well, when did the Lord become the most important thing in your life? The most important person in your life?
1: That's very easy. It was in January of 2010. In uh, in January of 2010, living in Miami, it was a very rare cold Miami morning. Um, we don't get a lot of those in Miami, but that was one of them. And uh, I remember we had moved into a new place. My daughter Sophia was about eight months old, and My wife, you know, recovering from still from having given birth and what have you, I had promised her that I would be able to take care of the house, take care of the bills, not to worry that she can dedicate the first two years, you know, being off of work. And uh, about eight months in, in January, we got a knock in the morning from Florida Power and Light, which is, of course, our our power company. Mm -hmm. And they told me that we had not paid the bill, which was true. And they were coming to cut off our power. I was very devastated, but I'll never forget looking over at my wife, holding my eight month old daughter. And I was just shattered, Hmm. completely shattered. I was embarrassed. I felt so small, so incapable. I walked into our second bedroom, and I remember I just buried my face in the carpet. And I said, God save me. Now, here's the thing. At the time, I thought I was asking God to save me from the circumstance. But what I was not expecting was for God to just open my eyes. The Holy Spirit that day opened my eyes to see for the first time the true sinner that i was it's the moment that i realized i really needed a savior you see I, I grew up as a christian i grew up in a christian home um christian family my dad was actually a pastor for a few years i knew exactly how to behave at the church that i ever went to so like if i went to a a presbyterian church i knew exactly how to be quiet
0: <laughs> you could fit like, right in <laughs>
1: If I went to a Pentecostal church, I could dance like David danced, right? And and if I went to a Baptist church, I knew exactly when I could or couldn't raise my hands, right? It's just the way it is. But no one had any idea the condition of my heart, including me, Mm. until that moment. The way I can describe it is this way. It was right after Christmas, and we still had our Christmas tree up. And the vision that came to my mind was... I was a Christmas tree that was completely shattered, just mm. ugly. I had broken lights and broken branches. Mm. I had lost my color. Um, my tinsel was just wow, that's, yellow that's quite and ugly picture. and yeah. nasty. And then Jesus appears as this perfect Christmas tree, beautiful, beautiful ornaments, beautiful color, the tinsel, the crown on his head. And he says to me here, Give me all your broken ornaments. Give me your tinsel. Give me your, your your brown leaves. And that's not all he said. Let me give you my ornaments. Mm. Let me give you my tinsel. Let me give you all of my beauty so that when my father looks at you, he doesn't see the broken. He sees me over you. And that was a moment the gospel came to life to me. <laughs> that was a moment I understood it. I understood my need for Christ, and it changed me forever, Wayne. You know how the Bible says that we're new creatures, a new heart, new desires. All those things began to happen in my life. From that moment on, I'm telling you, I'm still a ravenous, (laughs) hungry person after God's word, something that I was not doing regularly beforehand, and it changed everything. It changed my life. It changed my family. The coolest part about all of this is that then about two months after that moment, as God began to work more in my life, that's when these folks from Courageous came knocking on my door.
0: Okay, Wow. Isn't it interesting that you could live in the system, so to speak, and and play the part, is what you were doing, without the Spirit?
1: It's way too easy to do it. Um, And listen, I mean, it's not a far stretch when you start thinking that I'm actually an actor as living. Right. Right. Um, so I, I got pretty good at it, but there are a lot of actors. There's a lot of pretenders out there and it's a very easy thing to do. Society has always made it easy for us to, um, hide ourselves behind, you know, fake victories, uh, fake accomplishments. We hide sometimes even with genuine accomplishments, we hide behind all that. And we never let people know who we truly are or what we truly feel. That's why um, it, it's actually no exception in the church. It's the reason why so many people end up falling prey to the enemy because they never had an opportunity to experience the liberating gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that says, come as you are. Don't come as you're trying to demonstrate yourself or show yourself up to be. Don't come dressed in someone else's clothes they're not good enough. Come and dress in mine, right? In Jesus' clothes. He's the one that can remove your shame. And unfortunately, I just think that shame is something that holds people back for far too long. And it keeps them from ever really stepping in to that freedom that I'm talking about, the freedom found in the gospel.
0: We'll continue this conversation with Robert Amaya and learn about his new ministry coming up in just a moment. I'm so grateful for the grace I receive while listening to FEBC all day long. I cried listening to God's message multiple times. The Far East Broadcasting Company receives millions of responses each year from grateful listeners. FEBC is dedicated to taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. To learn more, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. The Far East Broadcasting Company. Until all have heard... My guest is Robert Amaya. Robert is an actor and so much more, and we're going to get to the more in a moment.
1: Are you singing and preaching at all these days, Robert? Yeah, I've I've never stopped doing that, for sure. I continue to travel and speak at various churches. Um, As Now as I'm picking up uh, more work and and I'm starting to get back into the entertainment aspect of the Christian world, um, I'm getting more opportunities to do that but ministry's always been uh, a part of what I do, a part of who I am, a part of what my family's about. Um, that'll never change so long as the Lord continues to grace us.
0: Hmm. Well, let's get to this big announcement that uh, you first uh, tweeted about a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, we, you know this is pre-recorded so it's uh, probably old news for some people but uh, you, you're making uh, a bit of a turn in your life.
1: Well, you know, the Lord brought to me an opportunity for me to take my love for ministry, my love for families to the next level, Uh, an area where not only could I continue to do the things I've done, I can continue to be an actor, I can continue to produce movies and, and, and tell stories, but now I could also have a bigger impact when it comes to the ministry portion of it. And so I partnered up with a wonderful organization called Knights of the 21st Century. Knights of the 21st Century is actually part of a larger uh, brand called Live Up uh, Resources. But Knights of the 21st Century is a curriculum, it's a number of curriculums that are based on helping males recapture the spirit that God had given them. Hmm. It's a way of helping, you know, calling out the man in the little boys. It's helping, uh, we have this saying here, they they call them spandex males, which is such an offensive phrase for many, but spandex male is is someone who is not yet matured into God's calling, but rather they're kind of holding back or, or just lost in themselves. We are trying to help men recapture the vision that God has for them. And so I get to do that as the executive director of this organization now. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to create new content, new curriculum, and just a way to connect with more people.
0: Hmm. How did you connect with this organization?
1: So I had actually, in in doing some of my speaking engagements and what have you, I'd actually met the president and founder of this organization uh, years ago. Um, We've always kept in contact. We've even worked a little bit in the past, and uh, he had some situations in his life where God was really showing him a new direction, and it was self-evident really that he had no one else in mind but to call me as a friend and as a brother uh, to do this role. And it's just, it's amazing to see how God has made uh, everything fall into place. Hmm.
0: So tell me a little bit more. Uh, how did how did you know? How did you sense God's call to do this?
1: So very interesting, actually. I was um, very confused at first with that phone call because um, one of the first things that uh, my brother said here was, you may have to move out of Miami. Oh,
0: you know? no, no, no,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute out of Miami, Miami's home. Miami's where family's at. And Miami's warm (laughs) year round, right? But um,
0: Did he play the hurricane card?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, he could have this year, unfortunately. But no, you know, it's, what's amazing is as the more I heard him speak, the more my heart just felt convicted. um, As he expressed the opportunities to be able to not just connect with more people but to be able to see to see the evidence of how many lives have been changed because of the work that this organization has been doing and how i would be able to just amplify that um it was really uh exciting and it was really thought-provoking i remember i went to my wife and i (laughs) i very carefully cuz i was like oh oh <laughs> i need to tell her about moving yeah right this is going to happen but i said sweetheart baby you know i my friend roy gave me a call and he's giving me this opportunity he's offering it to us it would require us to move and the first thing she said is well can we move to virginia now you see virginia is where her family is oh, i see and so it was a uh, it was uh, Great opportunity, I guess, in her mind, her ears perked up and everything. Mm -hmm. And I said, Well, yeah, yeah, we can. And she said, Well, I can't speak for God, but I can tell you that I can say yes. (laughs) 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 And so, what happened simply is we began to pray. Now, there are a lot of things that need to fall into place, as you can imagine. I mean, we've got the little girls there, they've got friends, we've got friends and family. Um, one of the things I could tell you is a Latino male, I am very close to my mother. And, uh, and so I thought there was no way my mom would ever be okay (laughs) with it, you know, at all. But let me tell you, even she was like, if that's where God wants you, Mm -hmm. that's where you need to go.
0: Way to go, mom.
1: (laughs) I am telling you, Wayne, like that in itself, you don't understand. That's a miracle. (laughs) I was overjoyed. I, I couldn't believe it. And so as we continued to pray, so many things began to fall into place. And it was—it got to the point where, um, where there were things falling into place that we had not even thought of or had asked for, and God was just providing and God was opening a path. And so when we finally realized, you know, we can't deny it, we've been praying and the Lord has been answering, we've got to make this move. And so we did. That's and let remarkable. me tell you, God has made it evident hmm. that this was the right move.
0: Hmm. Talk to me about what you observe in men today that drew your heart to this ministry.
1: Well, we talked a little bit about it before. Um, I know that guys, uh, like, just like women really, but guys in the church are often plagued by pretending. They pretend that they are okay they pretend that they're strong. And and when I say guys, I mean, I'm including pastors here, ministers, people that supposedly are, are supposed to have it all together. They're scared of admitting when they don't, they're scared to be honest with themselves, with God, with their families. And so what I see is simply a lack of gospel knowledge a lack of gospel um, reminders, Mm. lack of gospel freedom. And so what I have always been passionate about, whether it be men, women, even our children, is to remind people that Christ is offering liberty. Liberty, not just from our sins, but liberty from the reminder of our sins, liberty from the the accusations of our sins, liberty from the constant uh, heavy weight that we put on ourselves that comes from our sins. Jesus tells us that he is willing to take the shame. He is willing to take our sin and dress us in his glory, Hmm. dress us in his righteousness. Amen. You see, when we can stand in the righteousness of Christ and our identity is rooted in who Christ is, suddenly I can start having great relationships with other men and letting them know, hey, I'm feeling pretty weak in this area. Or, hey, brother, you know what? I've been tempted in this area. I need brothers to pray for me and I need you to keep me accountable. When we start to realize that our identity is in Christ and not in our own accomplishments, we are free to release our sin. We are free to tell people to keep us accountable. We are free to let people know how we are finding uh, joy and finding um, victory over the things that used to hold us as slaves. And the more that we do that, then other people begin to listen. And what you start having is this, this, it spreads or the joy begins to overtake people. Look, here's the bottom line. The bottom line is simply that I'm passionate about telling men that they no longer have to pretend. They can give it all up to Jesus and they can live the life that Jesus wants for them.
0: For more about Robert Amaya's new role of discipling men, please visit FirstPersonInterview.com. We'll add links there you can follow to learn more about today's guest. Again, go to FirstPersonInterview.com. Now, if you joined us late and want to hear the whole interview, please go online to FirstPersonInterview.com and click on the Listen button. Or make use of our free app, which enables you to download and take programs with you in the car or anywhere on the go. Look for the app First Person Interview in your app store. These conversations are made possible through the support of the Far East Broadcasting Company, who love for you to hear how God works in the lives of people for His glory. Every day, nearly 900 local FEBC broadcasters prepare and deliver broadcasts to people in their own local language. The result is that millions of listeners hear the gospel, are trained in God's Word, and where there is a local church, they are connected to it. FEBC is committed to continuing its ministry until all have heard. To learn more, including to see video testimonies of FEBC's work around the world, please visit febc.org. That's febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us again next time for First Person.